Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends of the pod, to part two of our talk on Star Wars, the original trilogy. This was one long conversation that our panelists and filmmaker Chris Seaver had, which we split into two for your listening pleasure. So listen to last week's for part one. And here is the conclusion of our conversation, part two of our talk on Star Wars, the original trilogy. Here you go. Let's go to... Let's go to the the releases that we talked about, um, because I think a lot of people, as you mentioned at the start of this episode, didn't really, they're not familiar with the trials and tribulations of trying to get a theatrical release version of Star Wars uh, for home use or to, to view it at all anymore. Um, now, we talked about in 1981 right after the release of empire strikes back they released on home video actually i don't know if they ran it in theaters first i think and then uh did a release but they added a new hope to the title episode four a new hope to the title that was a change fairly minor and then they did a lot of stuff that ended up altering the colors which of the film which generally wouldn't by most people's standards unless you're a real film buff uh, or cinematographer that might not bother you but people kind of lost it because it changed the color of some of the lightsabers um, and if you're a Star Wars fan who's watching the movies you know that the color kind of indicates to us whose lightsaber it is right Yoda's is green um, Vader's is red uh, Mace Windu Sam have a Jackson purple one is purple right? yeah. yeah yes <laughs> Samuel L. Windu is purple um, and I want to but but those are those are minor, right? Those are minor. Then we get the special edition uh, films that came out, which Lucas worked on. And this is when Lucas was working up to decide if he wanted to do the prequel trilogy. Um, and he said, hey, there's a lot of stuff in these movies that I want to mess with because either we change something in the future film. Chris is just shaking his head. It just, it looks like I talked about like uh, someone who died of a drug overdose. Like it's too soon. How horrible. Um, yeah. There's, there's lots of these, these changes that occurred uh, in the re-releases. And as Chris said, fans were super excited to get these special editions. Um, but what happened is, is that they sort of in adding and changing things, they went pretty hog wild with some, iconic moments um and they also they were using it as testing for the effects that would come in the prequel trilogy uh and that does not mean that the effects were as good as the prequel trilogy they actually some cases were not uh and they subsequently uh changed them again for the re-releases in i think 2011 when we got the hd releases they changed some uh... things again um they're pretty wild changes uh, i think the biggest three for me is um the the infamous han solo shot first of He's course in the original Christ. cut han solo is the only one to fire his gun uh when he when we first see him in the original theatrical cut it's it's at the it's, it's a most Eisley cantina right in tatooine yeah i think uh and greedo this um this funky sort of anteater shaved warthog green alien is across the table from him and he's clearly got a bounty on his head and Greedo's trying to bring him in. And Han Solo shoots him under the table. And uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a pretty badass moment, but the implication is, is that he's sort of amoral, right? Like he just killed a man 
and he's not like he wasn't his life was not directly in under threat as far as we know um okay interesting introduction to the character and we were told by obi-wan that this is a hive of scum and villainy right isn't that what he says about so i mean like th yeah. this is in line with what we're come to expect but in the special editions and subsequent re-releases they've altered it so uh at first <laughs> the special edition had it so greedo straight up tries to shoot han in the head uh and and then they see they 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 digitally altered it so han solo like jerks his head jerks out of the way side. um <laughs> which was awful. odd looking and then he gets shot um people lost it and uh it was before hashtags really took off but yes it was a it was hashtag han shot first was the big deal and, and Han um, did shoot first. He did shoot first. And then they changed it again in, I think, the 20, 2011 and then the 2014, they've altered. So basically, they still shoot, but it's the it's almost simultaneous now. Um, now, it just takes away a certain effect. Lucas swears that he always intended Han to, to shoot, or Greedo to shoot first. But that can't be the case because that's not how he made it. He directed that movie. He it was he was there. He, he wrote the something. fucking character. <laughs> like Lucas, but, the only person with a worse memory than my brother and I. He, it's, it's, <laughs> at a certain point, it's false swing. And I'm not going to kick Lucas around because I actually, I mean, we wouldn't have any of this without George Lucas. And there's, I mean, he, of course, he's iconic in uh, his, uh, you know, bringing Indiana Jones, uh, many <laughs> Yeah, but everybody's a good guy. Everybody's a good guy, a good girl, but they've all right. got dumbass shit in their lives. And, and it doesn't matter how amazing George Lucas can be, he can still be a real dick. It's and, the Hitler. And... It's the Hitler was a nice painter uh, argument. And by the way, <laughs> Hitler's paintings were not good. Okay, from, one, from someone quickly. who went through art school, they were not good. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, George so should have had an Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility you're damn um, right uh, yeah absolutely i i i agree um, and instead he had everybody say oh, yes sir yes sir yes sir, <laughs> oh, of great, course, sir. sir. i'll do yeah. whatever you say it, sir. he built a character off him his his, his uh his name was his name was charger banks um okay so yeah i think so that was one big issue, right? And Lucas has this famous quote where he said, I always intended Greedo to shoot first because I wanted Han Solo to be John Wayne. And John Wayne would have let the other guy shoot first. He never would have shot first, which is not true because I will point you to, uh, I don't know, a little amazing character in True Grit, right? And the sequel, I mean, Cockburn was kind of a, he was a drunk, he was an alcoholic gambling prick. Um, and that's essentially what we have with Han Solo, which is partially why he's so endearing, right? He is the amoral side character that in a way sees so much of Luke's purity that he ends up joining this escapade because of that, right? And then it that, I mean, that's for Han's thing. Yeah. Han is a, a dick. And through the trilogy, he's like, you have this amazing little arc of his own, you know? Like, yeah. he's, he goes from dick to not so dicky. You yeah, know, and he and still gets to hang that he still gets to be the funny guy because nice guys aren't funny okay yeah, he's got, like and he, he learns to care he learns to care about yeah. other people not i love you people. i know you know yeah. it's just so iconic right like that's the big like turnaround for him and he still has to ruin the moment but in that <laughs> act he's making it even better for us um so that's the biggest one that they changed for me that was my big frustration point uh we also have additions that came to make the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy fit in more closely together um many cgi things added puppets replaced i'm not as mad at that because we still see that all the time do we okay fine really because um, that made me furious okay which what what so the one that bothered me the most and they fixed it since in, in releases after but the special edition is the job of the hut was not very good um, that awful. one upset me. Yeah. Um, when they had, they added a scene that uh, where Han is is talking with Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine. It's sort of it's our first introduction to Han, right? It's before the the, the Greedo shootout. And no, there's like right after. It's right after. It's right, it's right after. after. Okay. And some yeah. of the lines are repeated. Like it's oh, it's because they had to take they they cut yeah. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like terrible. 
that's the I, that's the scene that makes me the most mad. Because like I think it takes away like a lot of the suspense of this character, Jabba the Hutt, who is like talked about and feared like for a great deal. It of is the a movie. great character. I love Jabba the Hutt. And then like personally. when you you finally get to see him, it's like this big payoff. But when they put him into like. The, like the scene after he was first mentioned, basically, like it just completely dissipates the all dies. that. And you see the Millennium Falcon yeah. before it gets the official reveal. What's interesting is this like scene a was terrible choice, and that makes what's me interesting really is mad. the scene was filmed before it actually was in the original shooting script, and it, um, yeah, it wasn't good then. I, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cut it for a goddamn exactly. reason. Yeah. There's leave it alone. Well, then they have that. Those, odd random shot of boba fett just kind of staring at the camera yeah literally there, at the like, camera breaking pose. the wall. he poses yeah and then walks off screen yeah. right it was like it like i just wanted the office music to play dun, dun, dun. um yeah yeah honestly so, like i did know that it was in the original script and that's why they went back and put it in later and that made me even more mad like i was like i just there's a, anyway that's the one when, when i was when i was in college for for literature creative writing um i i love shakespeare i still love shakespeare and this is controversial for some that's fine uh but one of the big things that cracks me up about um people defending shakespeare's writing when they don't like something because he's a genius right but then when there's a play they don't really like so much uh like titus andronicus <laughs> the first thing they do is well somebody else must have written that <laughs> and then the second thing they do is that then they say um uh well, they they basically develop additional things that are kind of it's not it's no longer literary criticism and it's like it's apologism, right? They're trying to find something so obscure to make it make sense for them, as opposed to I didn't like this. Um, there is reason behind it, but I didn't like it. So, and and the reason that I put forward is that he Shakespeare didn't have an editor, so to speak, in the way that we have now for for fiction writers, players, whatever. He didn't have an editor he would often change things on the fly as we know when they played to audiences if they liked it they'd add more etc cetera, etc cetera. he'd cut things out and by doing this he he sort of was able to get away with a lot of shit that he might have wanted to put in because as chris said like it's 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 there's a yes man right like there's people in the audience that are screaming yes okay now in that case it's because they liked it whether or not it was good that's another argument but that was my argument is that shakespeare had some shit that he put in and we're not going to know why he put it in because it wasn't put there for a good narrative fictionally intelligent reason it was put there for some obscure reason or put there because he just wanted it and he could get away with it because at a certain point he was well known right that's the case with lucas in the special edition of course is he didn't have people saying no that had the power to say no and also it was it was a stretch of hedonism and we're all guilty of that sometimes um but he said i want to do this and i want to do this when really what he should have been doing i think most of us can agree is i want to create a new star wars trilogy that is unrelated to my old star wars trilogy because uh isn't it multiple galaxies can't we it's one galaxy but can't we do different stories and of course now we've seen those right we've seen that you can move outside of the limited scope of the original trilogy and make good content. I like the Mandalorian a lot. Um, I do too. Uh, I, you know, I do too. There's a lot of great star Wars yes, coming out of yes. those shows. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like, I'm not going to say it's all perfect. I think it's also great. a television. I think they're structure. like so afraid to actually yeah. take that leap and show us something that we haven't seen. before. I agree with you absolutely agree uh, with you which yep. sucks well I mean, and i'm i'm not one of those people that will say it's terrible that disney bought marvel terrible that disney bought star wars but i'm going to say it's i'm not i'm fine with that but i just yeah, wish same. that they had the balls to fucking well and that's go over to another galaxy far far away right right and that's and i agree and i think that's one of those things where i'm hoping one day they will get the strength to do that because disney is concerned with like Marvel's been concerned before, uh, even on their own, with breaking a trend, right? Like there's all sorts of, we've talked about, when we talked about the Ewoks, the witches, you know, that use the force and things. Um, it's a cool, there's all sorts, there's magic in the Star Wars universe, essentially. There's all sorts of things you could go to. I would love to see 
that, right? I want to see that planet. Um, and we all love Easter eggs. You can still have Easter eggs. The Empire's reach is far, whatever you want. That's fine. Um, Easter eggs are fine. But I agree with you. Uh, and I actually would just, as a side note, because we're not talking about the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett here necessarily, but I will say a big reason why the Mandalorian was so great is because it said, hey, what's an element of Star Wars we like, but we haven't seen for a long time and hasn't been fully functioned? Oh, well, it's Western inspiration. And so they said, let's make a Western. And it's wonderful. Uh, and, it, it, and it's not necessarily breaking new ground right? Rodriguez was not out to break new ground. Uh, he was out to say, hey, I can make a kick-ass Western out of this. Here you go. Favreau said, I want to do that too. So there's, there's, there's definitely light years to go uh, with breaking new ground. And that's something that the extended universe, and for people who aren't Star Wars nerds, uh, that is the gajillion books and comics and other things that came out in the decades that Star Wars had between movies, right? Because the prequel trilogy was the rebirth of Star Wars. They didn't have anything in between except for some TV shows. I mean, really, what they really they had the Ewoks cartoons, things that are 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 they're very time sensitive. Okay, no six year old now, unless you put it on for them, is going to go find the Ewoks or droids cartoons and watch them. Um, I'm going to probably make our kids watch it because I'm deranged uh, and I love it. But, and I love Nirvana, hey. Uh, so anyway, I think there's a long way to go. I hope they get there. They give us little bits and, and teases and things, but um, you know, the only people more scared of, of breaking out of the box than, than Disney, Star Wars, and the Marvel, that group is Warner Brothers with DC, which enrages me. A diff different subject altogether. Chad, what are you gonna say? Cause I'm way off track. I was going to argue that there is nothing new to do with Star Wars. And the reason is because I have consumed a lot of Star Wars media over my lifetime. And guess what? Star Wars has pretty much done everything it possibly can because there's comics back from the 80s and 90s. There's TV shows that they did. Like if you want some of the weird shit, Clone Wars did some of that weird shit. The books did some of the weird shit. The books Especially, did get weird and I enjoyed that. The games did weird shit. There's a lot of material that they, that basically was thrown out, and some for good reason. But it but no one can say that it wasn't tried because after all, we had basically the Han Solo trilogy of books, which was just more Indiana Jones in space, which I thought was a, a very compelling story that they didn't do much with to inspire some of the newer materials. Like the Solo movie, I liked. You you and I both agree the Solo yeah. movie was way better than. Um, people portrayed it to be but it wasn't Agreed. enough for me because I had read those books and he did some crazy shit and it was and, it was and Timothy Zahn is one of is the most famous of the Star Wars yes. writers Ari Salvador wrote some uh, great ones as well who I Look love at from the legend of you Fritz go back Ford. and yeah you read some of the old comics um, from old old republic when the technology wasn't as sleek and some of it was just kind of backwards and hell they had a they had a period of time where lightsabers were strapped to backpacks because they didn't have the technology to strap the uh, the the energy required into a little hilt they did that sort of shit there was some dune aspects there was some weird magic stuff there was some piracy aspects and it's all there it's just that people are looking for it in like the more consumable and accessible media. And I don't think they're going to be brave enough to do it. All those stories are basically lost now because I, it's hard to I, find. So, so first off, they are hard to find. And it is, it is one of those things that's swept under the rug. And part of it is because as, as Lucas has, as, as before Marvel took over, Lucas, I think, had insinuated this as well, is that it was completely un- there was no gatekeeper, right? Which is what you're saying, which is right. why there was so much yes. crazy things. And that's why it's always fun to find 90 Star Wars paperbacks. It really is. Like, go grab them. Um, Some that said, I don't, weird. I don't think that it's the same necessarily. Not that books can't be great. I'm a writer. I get it. But Trying, whatever. Uh, no judgment. But what I'm saying is, is that Star Wars started as a visual cinematic format we want to see the things brought to the big screen. And yeah. that's even one of the things with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. I love it and I absolutely don't want it to stop. 
at the same time, it isn't the same as getting my big screen fix because there is nothing like having a John Williams score slam you into the back of your seat and you are just there, right? Um, and so I, I really think that we can bring a lot of that stuff to the world. And I do think they'll do digging, but there is very, it does appear that there is essentially no interest in actual, I mean, they went to Timothy Zahn, one of the biggest of the sort of latter um, expanded universe things was uh, Thrawn, right? Thrawn he was the new big baddie. Uh, and then, and Timothy Zahn, they went to him and they didn't say, hey, let's bring these books out. They're like, hey, can you rewrite these new? <laughs> and he did. To fit so, into our new universe? Yeah. And to, 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 by all, I haven't read them, but to, for all intents and purposes, people say they're very good. So I'm not against it, but that appears to be more likely than actually mining into the back. And they really did go deep. I mean, Dark Horse had a well-received uh, couple miniseries of comedies, you know, essentially Beavis and Butthead in space, Star Wars, right? Like they've done a lot. Okay, so we're, we're getting close to the wrap up time here. And there's just so much content to talk about. I, I do wanna talk about the big change that, the, the other big change that bothered me because it's my show. And that is, uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, Luke gets to see the specter forms of his father, Yoda, oh. and Obi-Wan, right? The, the driving forces behind his... Now, I do wish he could have seen um, <laughs> Uncle Owen and whatever, but I don't know how that would have worked. With just flaming <laughs> skeletons, they weren't Jedi, I don't know. How about um, Charles Barkley? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, no. So what happened is that Lucas replaced... Uh, his name is slipping my mind right now. The actor uh, that plays Krause, visually. Yes, it thank was... you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, James Earl Jones did the voice, but he did not. He did not physically play um, uh, Vader unmasked and Vader at the end. But anyway, that was him, right, as an old older man. Uh, and because the prequel trilogy had come out, and um, uh, Hayden Christensen had played Anakin Skywalker as a, a young man when he became Vader. Uh, they actually took out Krauss and put in Hayden Christensen. Here was my problem with this. And this is where the changes go off the rails for me is it wasn't just a change to say, hey, let's fix something like lightsaber colors and color issues and special effects snafus. Those are great to fix. Go ahead. That's fine. Um, it was as you originally intended it, whatever. Now, when you change a character like that, it just didn't even make logistic sense. They didn't age him. We saw Hayden Christensen at the age he was at the end of the prequel trilogy. And yet Obi-Wan isn't any younger. They didn't replace Obi-Wan and put in uh, Kenneth Brenner, right? Like, it didn't make any sense. Obi-Wan, because, you know, Lucas said, oh, it's because it was, that's when Anakin died. And, and Darth Stupid. Just keep I know, making excuses. I know, but I'm like, but that does that just here's the thing. But that doesn't even make sense. Then oh. why would he? Why would he like kill the emperor? I hate it. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. There's a lot of other changes too. There's added scenes. Isn't doesn't In Sync get killed in the background in 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 A New Hope? Uh, is it In Sync? Backstreet Boys? I don't remember what. Wasn't that? Well, I thought that was Attack of the Clones. I, I think it's Attack wrong. of the Clones. And they just throw a bunch oh, of fucking extras it is in that Attack movie? of the Clones. Here's the problem: the Dubaks look the same when they put them into the original trilogy in the special <laughs> edition as they do in the prequel trilogy, and so I get mixed up because there's all sorts of crap happening in the background. Um, they added scenes to when Ula the dancer is fed to the. Uh, uh, why am I? blanking on Sorry, the, no, the rank right, thank go. you in in java's palace um yeah that was super annoying it was annoying it, it didn't it just we get to see the cave before luke falls in there that's the coolest part is that luke falls in and we don't know what's like happening it just it didn't make sense it, it really they hurt the first impressions of the film um, so it's like you you really you cut off and i don't know if lucas is if somewhere in the back of his head he was like well, this isn't for people who haven't seen the movie. This is for people who have seen it. And so they're not going to be upset that I took the tension away. But it didn't make sense then because it's not like he threw in something that was really amazing. Um, as a lot of critics said at the time, they spent so much effort answering questions with these changes that nobody asked. Nobody asked. <laughs> um, so anyway, 
Um, here's what I do want to throw out a plug. Uh, here at Colton Classic Podcast, I don't encourage anyone to do anything illegal, uh, which is a great way to start a sentence. Um, and of course, bootlegging and things is technically illegal. However, when things are not available for easy mass consumption, I have zero problem with it because it's essentially keeping art alive. If there's a book you can't that is not sold, then by all means, get a bootleg, okay? Buy it digitally. That's the case with the Star Wars theatrical cuts. They simply are not released. You cannot see them through legal channels. So bite me. There is a great company that does uh, obscure films, sloppysecondsales.com. And uh, at least I've had good luck with them for sure. But they have a couple of interesting cuts. They have uh, the despecialized versions of the film, of the original trilogy, which you can get on like a single Blu-ray or whatever. And they're not paying me. I wish they would. But uh, but it's it's basically the people took uh, sourced from things like the DVDs, the VHSs over time to sort of piece together the original run and take out the special effects uh, or special editions. Um, it's interesting. Um, the quality varies a little bit, but for the most part, it's pretty good. But then they have my favorite, which they call, uh, and yes, I'm sure you can download these elsewhere, but it's just really easy to just buy it and have it on your shelf, is uh, Star Wars Grindhouse. And these are actual scans from the 81 print forward. So these are actual, they're, they're covered in dust. Some of them look a little worse for wear because they haven't been cleaned up, but they're the scans of theatrical runs, not the original 77, because that's kind of lost, but Chris looks like he's about to say something. I have something. those. I, so yeah. I have the, I have my VHS still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're behind glass. Um, my original ones. Um, but I also have those, the specialized editions, and I have those new. The grindhouse. The grind. Well, so they did like a 4K. Yes. Version of yep. New Hope. In 2019, the, right? Which is the cleanest one. Yeah. Then. There is that grindhouse version of of Empire, which uh, I don't like because it has all the. I mean, it looks pretty. Rough, it looks it looks like you would get in a box of grindhouse films where they just yeah, throw yeah, yeah. everything from the VHS transfer. But which I don't. I will like. say, but there is a. I but I do have a, a Jedi one that they all did that really? is not fucked up, um, and it looks beautiful. And that's the. I mean, obviously, I don't even own, uh, you know, the official Blu-rays of, of any of these Star Wars movies. That's all I have. Hmm. Are the, <laughs> these, you know, I, I do want to mention versions of them. So, so I like the Grindhouse version. I also am used to as as uh, regulars on my podcast will know from my insane transfers. I sometimes send them. Uh, I don't mind pretty degra- degraded material. These I actually like okay because it's not really. It's a it's degraded, but really, it's mostly it just hasn't been cleaned at all. Um, a New Hope is pretty good uh, comparatively to the others, um, but I do like it, and it's pretty cheap. I think it's like twenty five bucks, thirty bucks, something like that. So if you do want those to see them, um, I don't recommend them being your only source. I do then want to just quickly put in that a lot of people are arguing that the Disney Plus streaming versions right now are the best. I'm, I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no either. The reason is, is they took out a lot of the stupid crap. They fixed a lot of colors that still weren't right in the 2011 Blu-rays. Um, there's, there's, but they still have things like they have the weird uh, Han Solo Greedo moment um, where he says they actually added that line of dialogue. It's still there, right? McClunky or whatever. McClunky um, is still there, yeah. McClunky, yeah, it's like, it's, it's what Greedo screams. when It's like, it's like he's trying to say, uh, uh McCulkin with a mouth and they added like the, the, milk. The, the no the two revenge no's the, from from revenge yeah, of the and, sith into yeah. return of the Jedi. Oh. yeah which is when uh vader throws the emperor into the the turbine that pit was, or whatever it is oh my god we yeah. the, you haven't even mentioned all the terrible changes i mean chris question for you <laughs> How do you feel about that musical number that they needed to add? In oh, well, that's, I, that's when I walked out of the special editions in theater. Oh, fuck. I up to that. <laughs> Why? And that started. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. done. I'm and so done with out. this. Yeah, uh, that's another one that they argue. Even the special effects team, apparently, and they argued like, well, he wanted Lucas wanted a big dance number, um, but the puppets couldn't do it. Um, and I'm like, because he's whiny fucking Brad. The puppets look so good. I love the puppets. Also, 
I'm sorry, I have the figures to my right. The band does not have 12 people in it. The band <laughs> does not have 12 people. So don't tell me that I need to add things to my band because that's what they, and so I love it. And that's one thing I will say that I did love in, um, and I'm not going to spoil it with the newest things, but I did love in, in Book of Boba Fett is that I get to see the band, not the 12 member band. I get to see the band again. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I'm going to say uh, that we'll just move on to the recommendations. It's a little weird for this because I think everyone, I'm going to say, yes, of course, I recommend Star Wars to people. Like, what, okay. what are you, why are you listening to this? Like, are you a compulsive, I hate Star Wars person. I have to listen to everybody talk about it so I can comment how much I hate it. They do exist. Um, feel free to send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. But yeah, uh, I recommend Star Wars. The original trilogy is a wonderful classic cinema. It really is um, a classic American cinema. I don't think that it should be relegated to, oh, it's just a, some weird sci-fi movie. It's really great. They have a fantastic arc. If you're interested in psychology and uh, anthropology of, of human storytelling, um, please check it out and read up on Joseph Campbell. I just, I absolutely love it. And there are books about Star Wars and the hero's journey specifically. If you just wanna talk or read about Star Wars and the hero's journey, there are books that analyze it deeply. Um, and once you get in, if you do get into Star Wars, if you're new to it, as Tad said, there is a bajillion, go to your used bookstore, okay? Go online. I guarantee there are countless Star Wars hubs online where people have uh, have not even just scanned in the pages from all these Timothy Zahn and Salvador novels. They have typed them in themselves and put their own special edition garbage in there, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah. tradition so, continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um anyway uh, i recommend star wars i love star wars i could just talk about star wars all day i do um and i especially like um the tad always gives me that look like i've just asked him how his dying grandma is for like the third time in the day like just reminding him it makes me happy uh so please watch star wars if you haven't already um uh, jeff would you recommend star wars the original trilogy to viewers yeah i get to talk so in lieu of a recommendation, because like you said, it's idiotic to do it. Um, I'm just going to like, uh, you know, wax philosophical here for a second. The only reason we're talking about Star Wars at all is because George Lucas couldn't buy the rights to Flash Gordon. And he was forced to go into the tank and come up with an idea. Uh, his idea was good. Um, and this, this, I think, is the problem, right? Is um, when you have like a good idea you go and make something. But also there's another way you go and make something, you know, somebody's going to buy it. Um, and unfortunately that's where we are in star Wars. As long as star Wars is a thing that they slap a name on star Wars on something. And then millions of people are going to take their weird, gassy, sweaty bodies and jam them in the theaters. I'm feeling they're, they're going <laughs> to do it I, as, as one of those gassy, sweaty people that will continue to go see Star Wars things. I'm part of the problem, but it, that's the reason, you know, you're, you're committed to the brand. And so they're selling a brand rather than like really good ideas at this point. Um, and, you know, we're all sitting here like, I wish they would come up with some new great ideas. And they did with the Mandalorian, I think, but for the most part, we just get rehashes of the same ideas uh, put to, or even just ruining old ideas uh, to, to make some money. Um, obviously, they're going to do it. You would do it if you had the power. You had, if you had the right to Star Wars, you would, you would make bank with it. Uh, you'd buy a really nice house and a yacht. Um, what are you going to do? You're really uh, making me want to sell out like right away. Um, you're welcome let me yeah yeah so yeah let, i'm just ruining this podcast one no, little yeah. bit at a time <laughs> this is why we don't let you talk <laughs> yeah no i i agree with you to i agree with you um i do think it's interesting to note i actually don't think that george lucas himself ever considered like i ever, i don't think he ever thought that what he was doing was was sort of just milking a cash cow which is sort of sadder in a way because it means that some of the choices that he did make on stuff is just just very misguided uh, uh, and, and wrongheaded. Well, but again, I think particularly the, the prequels are even stranger to me because like if you actually go down the rabbit hole and look at like things that people said in the past, like he, he I mean, George Lucas made a science fiction film before Star Wars um, and it wasn't received very well right. because 
as he he was quoted as saying it was a downer <laughs> it was not very pleasant um it was so, very british inspired very soil and green very sterile yeah um, so like he wanted to go in and do like flash gordon which was like he's like i want something that uh is going to make people feel good when they leave the theater now i'm now i'm paraphrasing him but you know that's kind of where he went with this uh which is weird that like he forgot that or something when he went back and did the prequels um so yeah i don't know like and i just want to mention i think though if i'm i think that he thought he already had people on the hook and they would be willing to sit through something more artistic and more complex uh and that they would love it uh you know history has ha had an opinion on that yeah i agree and of course the film you're talking about is thx um 1138 or 1138 however you want to say it um it's robert duvall was the lead but i of course was always a fan because donald pleasance was in it who listeners for the pod know i am low-key obsessed with um and it, it is a it is a downer there's no question but i mean if you know 70 what is that what is that like joke scene in a family guy episode? It's like, I'm just watching a 70s science fiction movie. Like which one, all of them. And it's just like a guy like reaching uh, the perfect place. And then he looks in and it's like dust. And then he turns to the woman that he's been with and she pulls her face off and he's a robot and he screams and gets shot. And that's like the end of the thing. It's that like, that's you know, perfect. That's like it's every, perfect. yeah, it's just, it's every 70s. And I, it's one of my favorite genres of all time. So that that bleak, insane, uh, post-apocalyptic, robotic death future is 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 uh, that's where we're heading. Uh, but only if we get smarter. Only if we get smarter because the robots have not advanced enough to take our place when we self-destruct. But we also just quickly i want to mention that american graffiti preceded this and that was essentially george lucas which did very well and that was essentially george lucas's like green light to work on this this franchise which wasn't even a franchise at the time um so he sort of did that to say look i can really do this uh i can make you money so his heart was in it but i don't know i i just sometimes i wonder if you sit on your laurels so long without making content then if that's the risk you run is sort of overworking over tweaking and underproducing. i'm looking at you blizzard games um anyway tad iron what are your final words we'll, we'll ditch we don't have to do the recommendation uh as, as jeff said i'm an idiot uh tad what is what is uh what 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 do i have on my mind i'll be very quick so anyone who might be watching or at least anyone on this pod noticed i just walked away for a second to grab something I grabbed a couple of things from the closet because I'm in my child's room. This is where I, this is where my studio is. So I've got this fucking Star Destroyer. I don't know what the fuck this thing is called. I don't care. It's I've not coming this, in well on the camera. <laughs> I've got this, yeah, I've, I've got this fucking Stormtrooper. You know what? My kid has Star Wars toys. You know what he's never done? Never seen the Star Wars movies. He's never seen any Star Wars media at all. He owns some toys. Do you think he gives a shit? No. You know what broke me with Star Wars? In 2015, I wanted to take my kid to go see Star Wars in theaters. And he got to the theater and said, you know what? I don't want to do this. At three years old, he's literally like, I don't want to. So I took him home. To this day, he's 10 years old now. Does he still want to see Star Wars? No. No, he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. And I think a lot of kids aren't going to give a shit. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, I guess. But I don't see a lot of kids caring about Star Wars as media. They buy the toys. They don't know what the fuck it's about. And they don't, they don't have the curiosity to care. You know, the one thing, I'll, first off, I think, I think Mandalorian did break that trend a bit because Grogu became a cultural phenomenon uh, as far as marketing goes. But also... I, I, I remember, and there's been a lot of complaints. We, of course, will do the Skywalker trilogy, uh, the more recent trilogy on this pod uh, in the near future. Um, so I won't go into it in detail, but no matter what your feelings on that are, uh, marketing, like sales of figures and toys and things show for a fact that having a female, a strong female lead, who's actually a lead and not simply a side character. I mean, Princess Leia is amazing, Carrie Fisher is amazing, but she was a side character. Um, having a strong female lead brought women, uh, young girls into the Star Wars fold in a way that was pretty extreme. Um, they're still selling Ray t-shirts. They still are. Uh, and, and there's a reason. Now, I do think that 
is it ever going to be the same as when it was, you know, Empire Strikes Back had just come out and people were like, don't say anything. I haven't seen it yet. No, I don't think it's going to be the same, but it's almost bigger because it is a part of our cultural identity as Americans. Now, if you were interested, if you know anything about film, you know, Star Wars exists. Um, so I'm curious about that uh, as well and to see where that goes. I think that I do need to mention as well that Cult and Classic Podcast, unearthing childhood trauma every single episode. It's why you people come. You come to hear about us uh, unleash our deep-seated trauma uh, while we pretend to talk about science fiction films. Mandy, what are your final thoughts for a discussion on the Star Wars original trilogy? In Star Wars is cool. Watch it. Like, that's it. End. <laughs> like that's pretty that could have been you know what we, we i'm just gonna edit been the whole episode whole, yeah i'm gonna edit yeah. a whole this whole two-part process into just that right there and just see what happens um uh, i i my brain said oh people will say hey there's something wrong with this episode but i know what's gonna happen is i'll get a bunch of people saying hey this is your best episode yet chris what are your to close this out what are your final thoughts on the star wars original trilogy and the discussions which we have uh endured one, I'll just say, Tad, you weren't aggressive enough with your child. <laughs> uh, I, I think, again, much like I was doomed, my kid was doomed as soon as he was born. Because I shoved every fucking thing I loved growing up into this kid's <laughs> eyeballs. And now, I mean, now he's a giant Star Wars fan. I mean, he loves Star Wars. Um, Maybe I'll have better luck with my second kid. but Yeah, man, you push balls. it. You push it. <laughs> um, so what I'll say is I mean I guess yeah I mean Star Wars definitely see the original trilogy um, I think at this point there is so much Star Wars out there that um, you can come to it wherever uh, and, and, some, and that will be somebody's Star Wars you know um, yeah they might not like the original trilogy, but they might dig the prequels. They might dig the sequels. They might dig just the Clone Wars. You know, they might just know Star Wars again from the video games like he was talking about. Um, you know, there's, a, there's enough to love within the universe. Uh, and I think for the most part, I think, you know, at this point, it's, it probably is pretty tough to find somebody who hasn't seen something star wars in their lives and if they decided to stick with it great if they didn't that's great too it, it isn't for everybody but um in this day and age uh it is hard to escape what star wars has become uh, and you can either get on board and embrace it or just say nah it's not for me you know um I think for me, it's 50-50. I, I still very much love it, and it's still very much a part of my life. But I also know the dark side of it. Um, and that part of it sucks. I mean, kind of, I guess, maybe uh, very much like Tad. I don't know if this is similar, but for me, I, I did have to take a break from Star Wars. Um, and that was just because the energy around it was just so fucking terrible. Uh, yeah. and it wasn't fun to talk Star Wars with anybody anymore because Star Wars fans are the worst fans of Star Wars, <laughs> you know? Like, you do an entire episode on how toxic the fandom is, and it's not all fans. In fact, the majority of fans are fine, normal people who aren't mean, but we have, I mean, everything comes out in Star Wars, especially, on, just go on Twitter. It's the Star, Star Wars is the Twitter of the science fiction community, right? Like, you will get the most racially hate-filled sexist hate-filled it's so you know, depressing and and these that people i just had to step that, away yes and yeah. and i mean really that was the it was the prequel trilogy was hard because i was enjoying them as well even though i saw especially with attack of the clones i really had a problem there like i i was frustrated with them but i was enjoying myself and i was glad that it was being brought star wars was being brought back into the forefront but at the same time, so so that was hard, but not that hard. I mean, we all, every time I, when I see the new Batman movie, Matt Reeves' Batman, I'm sure that I'm going to be 
ripping the seat up next to me and also enjoying something. The, the <laughs> issue, that's just being a fan who loves the source material, right? Um, and so I, but, but with the Skywalker trilogy, with there being a female lead and a black male lead, these things became like, the things that came out were so caustic and so ugly. And it's all being done in the name of loving this thing that somebody created. Like that's, that's, that's not necessarily real life. Like it feels like real life to those of us who have obsessed over it, but it's not even real. And, and I'm like, and I'm sorry, like we, we, everyone in this pod knows personally people who are those people who are like, ah, it's not like, they're just at this point, they're just going to shit on anything because that's their entire mode of operation and they're and they're garbage they're the worst there are lots of critics who are like that they're the worst people don't let your children interact with them they're terrible just let them go um they they will slowly uh eat themselves like piles of mold tend to do uh so just be nice to people People can like whatever they want. Like Chris said, there are people who are totally at this, like who they're mostly younger than us, but that Star Wars, the Skywalker trilogy, that's their jam. Like, and, and frankly, even if we didn't enjoy, even if you didn't enjoy it, I actually enjoyed it. Even if you didn't enjoy it as an old school Star Wars fan, they essentially did a lot of remaking of the original trilogy. So calm yourself on what you shit on. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, like, they okay. were like they were like reboots, which for the younger generation who's first experiencing it is like it's the same magic and like imprinting that we would have felt when we were younger. So awesome! And I am Great excited to talk about but, you know yeah. like it's like oh well we didn't get like a new thing, but also it's like did we really want a new thing? Because you got this huge boner over the old one, you get really yes. mad about the fact that like it's not the same. <laughs> but like, it's the same. And I don't, there is no pleasing you. Yeah, you all were really <laughs> excited to like ignore the Ewok films. So why don't y'all just, just quite, you say you're like, oh, I'm like, listen, um, I now I love the Ewok films. That was And there's course- actually a lot in the, like, I don't hate the sequel trilogy. There's, uh, there's a lot I agree. in those three films that I very much enjoy, but there's a, but there's a lot that I don't enjoy, but so what? I mean, life right. goes. <laughs> I mean, That's the thing. I think I mean, many of us. I know Chris, you're with me on this. As horror lovers who love genre horror, like it, you're telling us that I have to like either hate or love a sequel of any kind ever. Like what? Like we've talked about Nightmare on Elm Street together on this podcast before. Like you're telling me that I can I, I have to shit on every sequel even though there's guaranteed to be a lot of things that I don't like except for Nightmare on Elm Street 2 that was the shit to me but yeah so I I just you know take it with a grain of salt I think this has been sort of a PSA I hope that the people who love Star Wars and are listening to this uh two-part series of the original trilogy have found some healing found some closure found a way to re-engage with this thing that we have has brought us so much joy and so much pain in the last uh you know four decades um it's Star Wars it's Star Wars you know it's sort of like it's just it's Chinatown it's Star Wars you know uh love it and hate it and love it more. And you probably love it more than you give yourself credit for. And I hope that people continue to show it to their kids. And um, and you know what, I'm gonna say this. I connected with Star Wars more when I was like eight to 10. That was when I started to connect with it the most. When I was really little, I liked the sights, I liked the sound, I liked Chewbacca, I liked the Ewoks, you know? But it was when I was older that I started to connect. And I think it's that hero's journey and that progression. Um, so hit, check it out again, watch it again. This is the time to pull it out, pull out your VHS, dust it off. Do not use your auto rewinding machine. I guarantee you it's been too long, it's gonna break. It rips the tape right off the spindle and I hate that. Uh, anyway. Thank you guys so much for listening. I want to give a big shout out to, of course, our regular contributors, Jeff Tucker, Mandy Longley, Tad Mastroni, myself, Nate Wyckoff, but also Chris Seaver. Chris, what do you want to promote? I know you just released uh, uh, a two-fan film DVD. Is it sold out already? Is it still there? Uh, well, I so I had to order some more because <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked that it did very well. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, uh, I got some more coming. Uh, but okay, you know, if you you know, if you want to watch some really ridiculous, uh, no budget, low budget, shitty B movies, comedy horrors, you know, get a hold of me, Warlock Home Video at Gmail 
com. That's right. And at it crept from the eighties. It crept from the eighties is is uh, the the YouTube uh, channel. It's the Instagram. It's but it's all me. It's still me. So yeah. And I and I listen. If you guys are new listeners or you haven't been listening for a long time, make sure you go listen to our interview with Chris uh, and listen to our episodes talking about um, Moist Fury, his twenty ten film, and uh, the Weirdsies, which I think was was a twenty fifteen. Uh, which which is fantastic, super fun, uh, crazy crazy shit. I, I guarantee if you've been in cult film uh, a while at all, you've you've even inadvertently seen or come across a Chris Siever movie at this point. So thank you guys so much. I want to uh, say be peace, be happy, be love, but you can still be an ass. Just don't be a dick. Okay. That I know that that on paper that sounds weird, but you know exactly what I mean. Uh, this has been Cult and Classic Podcast. Join us next week for a brand new pairing of one cult and one mainstream film that have a thematic link where we will talk about them, dissect them, tell you why you should watch them, or in the case of Jeff, who never likes anything, why you shouldn't watch it. I'm excited to bring this to you every week. Please write us with your requests, emails, hate mail, fan mail. Uh, tell us how much Tad needs to get. Send uh therapy recommendations to tad uh it's totally viable uh at colton classic podcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram at colton classic podcast on youtube colton classic podcast uh we are slowly but surely getting all of our video episodes up so you can not only listen to us but you can go watch us and see our smiling faces and hey i put a lot of work into the backgrounds every week guys so please <laughs> check us out subscribe and like and love you <laughs> that's right chris chris just has a great house behind him how lucky um yeah no thank you guys so much and we'll catch you next week to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.